and welcome to episode number 34 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in the gaming industry, and we have a whole gaggle of those minds on this very podcast right here. We do have the Candyman himself, Adam Candy. We have Brett Colson. We have Dustin Gowker, and we also have on location Eric Ramsey. Everybody is here. The gang is all here. Glad we could do this. We are heading into 2019. We'll do a little bit of a review of 2018. We'll talk about what we think might happen in the new year. And of course, we'll talk about some of the very biggest stories that are going on right now, like this one, Eric. Not our friend, this Michigan governor right now. Oh, yeah. The last time uh, the last time you guys spoke two weeks ago, Michigan had just the legislature had just passed an online gambling package, which also had some sports betting language in there. Uh, while we've been gone over the holiday break, the former governor decided to veto this package of bills among about 40 others that he vetoed. Uh, this is the former governor, Rick Snyder, who has since been replaced in office. But on his way out, he ditched a bunch of bills Um you know, online gambling in Michigan still looks like a big favorite for 2019. This this effort is going to rekindle early in the session. The the sponsor of the bills, Brant Iden, is still active and is planning to push these through early in the session. But there, you know, it does leave a lot of questions. We have a bunch of new lawmakers in the state house. There, we have a new governor who we don't really know where she stands on this issue. So um, things are a little up in the air in Michigan, despite the optimism. We'll know more when when session gets rolling here next week. I think they start on the 9th of January. Uh, let's go here, Adam, as our political insider here, as a guy who has worked on the ground around these guys, um, guys heading out of here and he decides to, to veto some things that obviously, you know, got pushed through and whatnot. What is the, what is the workings of something like this going down? Ultimately, this is when you find out where any politician really stands because they are free to do whatever they want to do with no fear of repercussion. So when you see a governor who has days left making a choice on something, you find out where he really is politically. And, you know, I think Eric has discussed the facts previously that, you know, there's some influence from the lottery going on here uh, that was in taking Rick Snyder and giving him that veto pen and putting it right in his hands. Yeah. The, you also find out who's, who's sort of educated about the issue here. You know, Snyder's concerns were cannibalization of, of casino and lottery revenue. And these are these tired old arguments that we've heard for years that have been dispelled in other markets. So a little frustrating to have him do this, but, uh, but yeah, again, I mean the, it passed by veto proof margins in both chambers. So if there had been time in the session, the veto likely would have been overridden. So yeah, again, chances look good in 2019. And again, we will talk about what we think will go on here in 2019, just a little bit later in this podcast. So do stick around. Of course we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. So if you have any of those things, please subscribe, rate and review. Let everybody know that I am your favorite member of this team you can talk all the trash about Eric that you want to. We would do. <laughs> we will not stop you from doing that uh, in your review. Dustin, let's talk a little about a little bit about West Virginia. Yeah, things are getting real if you're in West Virginia. You can now bet online there. Before there were just uh, retail sports books. Now there are, is an actual app that you can download. Uh, it is from the company Delaware North, which is a casino and hospitality operator. They run Wheeling Island and Mardi Gras Casino in, in West Virginia. And they have an app uh, run by Miami, which is their partner. So, yeah, you can uh, you can now go download that app and actually bet online in West Virginia. Uh, so we'll start seeing where West Virginia's had kind of uh, middling numbers 
as far as revenue and handle for sports betting in the the early months of it. And now we're going to see the first app. And uh, I think we I think we also anticipate even later this month, other ones uh, coming online, possibly uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. So if you are in West Virginia, currently what you're saying is you can bet online through this one through this one entity you are expecting here very soon that they will have multiple options in the great state of West Virginia. That is all correct. Thank you for recapping. Okay. My, Sounds my, good. My Sounds list. good. I like it. Uh, Adam, let's talk about parks in Pennsylvania. We are about to get sports book number four in Pennsylvania starting next week as parks just outside Philadelphia is going to open its temporary sports book facility. They'll have a few windows, uh, a couple dozen kiosks at parks, and they will join Hollywood as well as Rivers and Sugar House in the Pennsylvania market. Still all land based, no mobile yet in Pennsylvania, but we're certainly starting to ramp up the Pennsylvania market after a few months of inactivity. This is all good because we have been talking about Pennsylvania on this podcast since basically episode one. So to hear to hear and see things moving along lets us know one can't believe we've done as many episodes as we had. I mean, like we have not been canceled yet. That's pretty good. I'm just thrilled that the network sensors haven't caught on to us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100 percent. One of the things that didn't make the rundown here, Brett, but I'm going to tap you for this one is we saw. A little bit earlier, you know, we talked about DraftKings kind of expanding what they were going to be offering. And then we saw earlier this week that they went ahead and expanded even more. So if you are a sports better at the at DraftKings, you can actually do some other things there as well now. Yeah, DraftKings is uh, is a casino now. It's you are if you are in New Jersey and you are logged into the DraftKings app, you are able to access uh, video poker as well as some casino games. Uh, I know there are some people who are not a big fan of this, but it, it's certainly uh, it's showing that DraftKings is all in on the gambling uh, side of things. When just a few years ago, uh, we couldn't mention the word gambling when discussing a skill game like DraftKings. So definitely uh, a new world. For DraftKings, just three years uh, past what they were uh, as a DFS site. So, if there's any doubt now, they they are they are a gambling company now. They they were not a gambling company. They they told us before. Now they are. It's pretty clear. Yeah, there is DraftKings Blackjack. There is DraftKings Slots. There is DraftKings Roulette. And DraftKings Video Poker. So you can do any of those things on uh, on the app. And uh, Dustin, I cannot imagine. Whenever you saw all this stuff roll out, the smile that went across your face because uh, battling, <laughs> battling them uh, for years on whether or not they were a gambling company or not. I cannot imagine just the little wry smile that went across your face when that happened. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew this was coming uh, as soon as they got into sports betting, uh, like they're going to they're going to use their brand for for any to any kind of gambling as well. So this it's 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 both shocking and not shocking at the same time, uh, you know, coming from the, the lens of 2014, 2015, when they're uh, yeah, Jason Robbins and uh, the CEO of the company was was on every, on every everywhere you could go saying we're not a gambling product, we're not a gambling product. And, you know, I wrote, a, I wrote an op-ed in, for the Washington Post back then saying, oh, DFS is a gambling product. Hey, yeah, we're now we're now well past who cares whether DFS is gambling. Now we're, we're into the land of legal sports betting. And, yeah, uh, DraftKings clearly a, a gambling company. I, yeah. I know you're wa- I know you're waiting for craps, Matt. Yes. Yes. We just need some DraftKings online craps. That was uh, that was fun. It, it, 
me and Eric, that's a story for another day, uh, Eric and I, when we're in New Jersey. Uh, that's a story for another day. But uh, Eric, tell us about Caesar. We'll, ha we'll have some other news about Caesar just a little bit later. But tell us about Caesars in New York. Yeah, let's go to my to my home state, my home city, even of Syracuse, where uh, the Oneida Indian Nation has uh, three casinos in the, the area. They're one of two of the big gaming tribes in New York, and they have a new partnership with Caesars. Uh, it is Caesars is going to have sports betting lounges inside of these three casinos. If and when we have tribal sports betting in New York, there's still some questions about that heading into 2019 as well. Um, but we now have all four commercial casinos that have locked up uh, partnerships, and now the tribes getting into the game in New York as well, sort of, the sort of setting the stage for uh, for 2019 if we can make some progress, and which has been which has been elusive to date, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, just for for people who aren't familiar, talk about why this is such a such a big deal. Yeah, so the existing law in New York, it, it does have a partial law in the books that allows the commercial casinos to offer land based sports betting. Uh, but the Gaming Commission hasn't yet moved to create rules or sort of put that law into place. So that's still in limbo. And again, there are still that there's no provisions for online mobile betting within that law. And there's a question about how it will interplay with the tribal compacts in the state too. the state and the tribes don't get along as it is. So it's it's a complicated uh, it's it's as complicated as any state up, up here in New York. And finally, here in the quick hits, Brett, let's talk about NFL betting. I mean, we have talked to ad nauseum about the numbers that have come out in the various states and everything like that. But we're kind of, you know, as we have wrapped up and we head into the playoffs here, we kind of know how how NFL ended up. Yeah, and betters managed to end 2018 on a high note. The public absolutely smashed the books in Week 17. Popular sides like the Bills, Chargers, Browns all came in, and then the crushing blow for books came on Sunday night when the Colts easily covered against Tennessee. Not the worst week of the season for operators, but some did publicly come out and say that they did take a loss for the week. Parlays went off all over the country, 9, 10, 11 team parlays, even, even a 15-leg parlay. Uh, someone hit the progressive jackpot at William Hill in New Jersey. Another guy turned $50 into 40K in New Jersey. So uh, some betters have a little more ammunition to take into the postseason. Uh, for the year as a whole, just some interesting notes here. According to DraftKings Sportsbook in New Jersey, the most bet teams by spread and money line were the Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Eagles, and Giants. Two local teams in there. The Eagles and Giants, not a big surprise. Uh, both teams finished right around 500 against the spread, while the Pats... Chiefs and Saints hit a combined 60%. The least bet teams were the 49ers, Dolphins, Bucks, Cardinals, and my Buffalo Bills. And all of those teams finished at 500 or worse against the spread for the season. Another interesting thing, we, we reported early in the year that the Bears were the least bet team at BetStars Sportsbook in New Jersey. Uh, Chicago finished 12-4 against the spread this year. Best in the NFL. So the big takeaway there is that the public just still prefers to bet on offensive teams, even when a defensive juggernaut like Chicago is covering week after week. And now we head into the playoffs and the saints are the favorites to win the super bowl across the board in New Jersey, two and a half to one to win it all. They're followed by the chiefs and Rams at five to one and the Patriots at six to uh, six to one. All four of those teams have buys this week. And then eight other teams face off in the wild card round. And, 
I'm pumped. I know you guys are too. I don't. I don't feel obligated to care about meaningless Bills games anymore. Every game, every, every game matters now, and it, uh, it sets up for a pretty fun month of uh, NFL betting for us. If you were anywhere around gambling Twitter over the last few days, especially heading into the, the final bowl games there, you probably saw there was a lot a rumor going around about a better that had over $800,000 tied into a money line, several money line parlays on Georgia winning. Of course, Georgia did not win. They lost. And uh, I confirmed that that was indeed the case. So there was a guy that had over $800,000 tied into Georgia winning that game. And they did not do that. And he did, in fact, lose $800,000 on that one, on that, on that game. Uh, yeah. So sometimes you see these crazy things float around Twitter and you're like, there's no way that could be true. Uh, this actually was the truth and 100% did happen. Uh, talked to the sportsbook director over there at MGM where he had placed these bets. And uh, I can't imagine being that fellow this morning. I'll just put it that way. How can you have that much conviction in a game that means nothing? I, I Yeah, I know. <laughs> a, a team and a team that didn't really want to be in that bowl anyway because they felt like they should have <laughs> been in the final four. And so it just, yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, whether he hedged or not um, was not he, he didn't do it, at least at their properties. I don't he could have done it elsewhere. I don't know. Um, but. Yeah, that's uh, sometimes you see those crazy stories floating around the Twitter machine. And you're like, yeah, that's got to be BS. But that actually did happen. That was the truth. So uh, interesting. Hey, hey Matt. Yeah. Um, and all you guys actually, it, any chance you could float me about 200K? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that was you and you didn't hedge that, man, I would be so upset with you. I would just be so I'd be so I'd be so mad with you. I don't know how you could how you could let that go. But uh, yeah, you would, you would. All right, let's head into this, Dustin. There was some major news. I mean, this was kind of the one of the things we talked about, you know, a lot on the podcast in the latter half of the year were some of these partnerships that were going on, seemingly happening, popping off every single week with a new operator, with a new league, with a new team, with a new whatever it might be. But this is uh, this was the one we were kind of waiting on. Yeah, uh, NFL entered into a partnership with Caesarnet Entertainment, which, of course, operates casinos uh, around the country in the United States. It is the quote unquote official casino sponsor of the NFL. I'll toot our own horn here a little bit. We had this first uh, before Christmas. Uh, we reported that the deal was in the works uh, and then the deal actually came down uh, this week. So, yeah, this is, I think this is a big deal. People have been kind of like, oh, this isn't a big deal. This doesn't really have anything to do with sports betting. This has everything to do with sports betting in my mind, even though it's labeled as only a, a deal for for the casino part like how do you separate out that caesars only runs a casino versus has a hotel versus has sports betting now this doesn't have a an official data component like some of the league deals with uh, mgm resorts but i think this like this this deal would not have happened without the strike down of passport earlier this year so this is uh the nfl kind of saying okay we're uh we understand gambling and sports betting is a big thing we uh we should be you know we should be not treating gambling like it's the 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 boogeyman so this this is the this, i think this is a really major step for the nfl uh i don't get where people kind of say kind of shake their heads like oh this is just the nfl making money this is the nfl for the first time like espousing gambling uh in a, in a real way and i think it's worth noting caesars has an online casino as well so this is uh you know uh, i don't know how much that's going to figure into that in new jersey and elsewhere but i think it's a pretty big deal that uh there's a possibility of promotion of online casino via the nfl and caesars yeah no absolutely and i think this is something that we touched on a little bit here on this podcast when we were talking about DraftKings and fan duel when they had 
all of these deals with various teams that were technically, you know, quote unquote, for the DFS product. Well, how do you separate? I mean, DraftKings is DraftKings, right? I mean, FanDuel is FanDuel. So we were kind of saying that same deal that they, they had these deals with these teams. But you're, you're not going to look at the DraftKings logo and be like, oh, but that's just the sponsorship for the DFS side of things, obviously. You know, I mean, like, yeah. there's, you're, you're, your brain's not going to separate that out. So I agree 100 percent with you here. I mean, this is it is it is a casino that offers sports betting, that offers online wagering, that offers app wagering that offers different things like that. And so I, for, for people to kind of like shove this off and just say like, ah, this is nothing more than, uh, you know, this is just all window dressing to me seems like they're being a little short-sighted in it. Yeah. It's, it's a tacit approval of the fact that Caesars is a gaming operator and they also offer sports betting. Like if the, if the NFL didn't say it was like saying that thought sports betting was really actually bad, they would not be partnering with a company that offers sports betting. Like I'm, I'm getting into logical arguments here, but it's, they don't see how NFL can say, Oh, like, we're just we're just a casino. Like it has nothing to do with sports betting. I I, I find that disingenuous. Um, even though it, it, it like you can't use NFL marks in the sports book, it's not going to be promoting sports betting at Caesars. But yeah, you're right. You you look at uh, a Caesars logo, you're like, oh, they I know they have a sports book in Las Vegas. They and they'll eventually have sports books everywhere else. Uh, you know they have in Mississippi as well. This is a, yeah, this is a big deal I think for the NFL and a big step. And Adam, when you take a look at this, of course, this story is at LegalSportsReport.com. If you want to head over and you can read all. All these lines.com and online pokerreport.com, all of the different places up here for the full details of the stuff that we're talking about here. But Adam, when you take a look at this, I mean, the the one we were really waiting on was the NFL, right? I mean, like certainly some big stories came out with other leagues and things like that. But I mean, we've looked, I mean, the, the ratings, even though people want to talk about, Oh my God, the ratings were up again for the NFL this year. You, you know, people talk about wanting to protest the NFL and, and whatever. I mean, it's never been more popular. There's obviously uh, nobody's boycotting the NFL or anything like that. So for a, it was like we were waiting to see what this league was going to do. And that says nothing uh, bad about the NBA or Major League Baseball or NHL or any of these other leagues that have done deals with other people. It's just the NFL still rules the world. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, you look at betting handle across the country and the NFL is driving everything that happens. I think the only reason people look at the deal and say what they've said is because that tacit approval really had already started for the NFL with the Raiders and then with the draft. And now we have a deal that maybe isn't as sexy on the surface as the MGM deals. So I agree with what you guys are saying. It's just another step in what was a very unlikely path for the NFL even a year ago. Uh, but maybe that's why it hasn't gotten quite the buzz that uh, might have been anticipated. Now, Eric, we mentioned this with some of these other leagues and things like that, and I I think there's probably no reason for us not to mention it here as well, was when we talked about the NBA and we talked about the NHL with and even Major League Baseball with MGM, and we were saying that, well, one of the byproducts here for MGM and one of the things that I think that certainly as it continues to expand across the country into new regions, into new markets, and there are going to be new betters. I, I know it's crazy for us who have been around it so long to think that there are people who haven't bet before, but there are definitely new betters. I uh, happened to be here in in Mississippi. I was sitting at a at a in a sports book last night. I was talking to two different people in that sports book who had never placed a bet before in their lives until you know betting became legal in in Mississippi. And so there are people who are going to be you know, trying this out for the first time. And one of the things, of course, is going to be that NFL logo next to a Caesars brand, you know, and, and things like that. And I, I think that people are kind of maybe not really understanding that either, that just having just having the partnership, just being able to put the logo next to your logo 
could easily get you, uh, you know, the acquisition of customers make it easier just because people look and they say, oh, well, you know, they're with the NFL, so they must be good. Yeah, especially I think the NFL logo in particular of the four sports leagues is probably the more valuable one to have. And we've heard that this deal was the most lucrative of the four. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought here, but uh, <laughs> these are <laughs> um, what the hell was I going to say? Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, we would expect these guys to to sort of take the lead as they have. Caesars and MGM, they have these relationships with the leagues. They they are now expanding into team level partnerships as well. So, I mean, this is not terribly surprising. But, uh, it, you know, I don't know. You, there is some value to that logo. Certainly, I think there's it's maybe questionable how valuable it is. But to have, you know, to I, the Super Bowl jumps out to me with the Caesars deal. Are they going to be able to use Super Bowl language in promoting their sports betting contest? Maybe those sorts of things, the team marks and things like that have a lot of value as well. So, yeah, there, you know, the data component of the other leagues deals is large, but certainly the branding and the logo usage is a big component for these big casino companies, too. And and Dustin, before we move off of this topic, from what I understand, I think what I what I read in your article was that we could see something start happening as soon as this weekend, correct? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see it pop up somewhere, you know, if, you know, obviously they have social media platforms, the website, like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're paying $30 million a year for this, according <laughs> to the Associated Press. So I would, I would imagine they want to start getting that out there now, you know, for playoffs start, start this weekend. So yeah, if they're, if this deal is, is in effect, I think they, they would like to see the benefits of that as quickly as possible. So as we move into 2019 and before we talk about what we think may or may not happen in 2019, let's take a quick look back at 2018. Now, the low hanging fruit is off of the the table here. We are not going to allow you to say the repeal of PASPA. That is not an answer that is going to be accepted in this. But. Dustin, let's just start with you. Um, oh, I was hoping I got to go first because I don't want to. I don't want anybody to steal my. Damn it, you're going to take the easy one, aren't you? What What would you say the the the, the three biggest stories from 2018 were in gambling in general? Uh, I think the biggest uh, the biggest one for me. Uh, well, I don't, I'm not going to put these in any order. The first, yeah. I'm just thinking about West Virginia first because I think West Virginia passing one was was a was a was a not shocking, but it was a one. It was a state that wasn't super on our radar. It's a state that's not usually super progressive, but they went ahead and passed a law really quickly, even before PASPA happened, and that uh, that really I think set the stage for hey, states are going to be getting into this in a in a real way. Um, I you know I I think that. That's a that's a that's a big one for me. It just it, it kind of set the stage uh, for a lot of other things. Uh, I think, um, you know, I think what what the states that didn't move uh, was one was actually a big story. I thought New York um, was was going to find a way to get the sports betting up and running in 2019. Uh, they already had a law in the books. And uh, you know, they, they, they had the uh, integrity fee that the leagues uh, or the royalty that leagues have been asking for. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was New York was poised to be kind of a, you know, a, a, a big moment in, in, in what was going on uh, as far as sports betting in the United States moving forward. And then they didn't pass a law. So they didn't kind of set the stage for other states. If New York had passed a law with the royalty, then I think we're having a, a very different discussion uh, in 2019 and 2020 as, as more states consider uh, sports betting. Uh, you know, I think the other one 
you know, is is the MGM Resorts. Uh, I'm trying, and I'm trying to pick ones that I, so everybody, I'm not stealing everyone else. I think MGM Resorts being so aggressive with everything. Uh, you know, I, I happened to be in New York when the uh, when the NBA and MGM announced their sports betting and partnership deal. Um, that really set the stage for okay, we're gonna have private p- private partnerships between leagues and teams and, and sports betting and casino companies. And you know, that obviously le- that that first one really led to a, a, all the other leagues doing the same. The, the Caesars NFL deal we saw. Um, and I think it really kind of it kind of encapsulates how the how things are going to happen uh, as far as interaction between sportsbook operators and, and professional sports teams. So I, I hope I left some for some other people. I think I did. So. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, and I'm going to go in a surprise order here. Brett, I'm going to go to you next because Eric was Eric was sitting here thinking I was definitely the logical <laughs> progression. The logical progression would be for me to go to Eric next, and I am going to keep him on hold here, Brett. Uh, what were three stories that really stuck out to you, especially, you know, from what you do, uh, you know, over at the lines.com? Oh, man, I really hope I steal Eric's. Uh, well, Draft, DraftKings and Fandle's entrance into sports betting certainly sticks out. Uh, see, I, I tried mean, to save that one for somebody. <laughs> You're welcome. We all like we all saw it coming. And I'm not surprised that they are leaders in the market. I figured that would be the case, given their edge and technology and brand awareness over some of these competitors in the U.S. But I did not see this type of domination this early on. And then DraftKings launching first New Jersey before any of the casino brands was pretty incredible. I did not expect to see that to happen either. Uh, One story might not be the biggest story of the year, but certainly one that sticks out in my mind is the most ridiculous of the year was the Brandon McManus Fandle story. Uh, Fandle Sportsbook at the Meadowlands making a mistake on in-game odds and then paying out $82,000 to a guy uh, for basically a PR cleanup because – this idiot thought he deserved fake odds on an in-game bet. And then McManus, the kicker who won the game, weighing in on social media whether or not Fandle should pay it off. The whole story, looking back on it a few months later, still evokes a lot of different emotions from me. Uh, I think Fandle handled it pretty well. Uh, they even had an $82,000 free roll uh, kind of making fun of themselves after it all happened. But uh, hopefully that served as a learning moment for them. Not a great look for Fandle early on, but uh, people quickly forgot about it after they paid off the bet. So I think they uh, got the best of that. Yeah, definitely. That was certainly a story we had a lot of fun with on the podcast. I'm glad you brought that one up. Eric, I will go to you. I will go to you no, next because no, go to Adam. I'm saving Adam's <laughs> sweet voice for the end. Oh, you know what? 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 I will go to Adam. Adam, please, yeah. please come up with three that please come up with three that that Eric really wanted. Do we really have to feed into Eric's martyr complex <laughs> by letting me go right now? <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like he should get to go third just to take that away from him. But all right, fine. I'll I'll go anyway. I think the biggest story, just to name one that we've left alone so far, is Pennsylvania. And the fact that the 36% tax rate and the $10 million license fee ultimately did not stop operators from getting into the Pennsylvania market. It's a huge opportunity in Pennsylvania. That much is known. But there's an implicit signal in there to state legislatures around the country in 2019 that there really is no cap as to what you can put on your tax rate or your license fee that operators won't pay. Now, of course, you can't do it in Maryland the same way you can do it in Pennsylvania because the size of the opportunity just isn't the same. But on scale to that market, you certainly can look at, well, how far can we push this envelope? So that's one of them. Uh, Nobody's going to want to hear this one, but I still think that the federal sports betting bill, even if it is DOA as currently constructed, is a big deal uh, out of last year and into next year because if there's any appetite at the federal level to continue 
pushing the regulation aspect, then it's something that has to be watched because the idea of the AG having control over what states can and can't do is huge. And then on the positive side, if a federal framework came through that really did something and put some teeth into going after offshore books, then there could be another huge effect on the legal U.S. market if that happened. So I think those are the two big ones. And then I will crib right off Dustin and say that New York not passing something is huge for 2018. You know, we're, we're digging into these New Jersey numbers and what does it mean? Will they catch Nevada and so on and so on? Yet, yeah, no. If, if New York comes online and if New York goes online, then we're not going to be talking about New Jersey in quite the same way just because New York is going to take a big part of that action. Absolutely. I want to do, I want to do some cleanup on just some things I've heard just before we move yeah. on too far. Um, you know, uh, I totally agree with FanDuel and DraftKings. That's one I tried to leave, obviously, for everyone else. It, it, like, And I've said this on Twitter, too. It's I mean, it's like downright embarrassing for major casino companies to be eating their clocks cleaned by FanDuel and DraftKings at this point. I like uh, we, I mean, you can see them coming for this, but it's like the like I'm with Brett. Like, it's just shocking that like MGM is just getting it's getting beat up by DraftKings. Like MGM is not even in the conversation for uh biggest operator in New Jersey right now. So that's one. Um, I think the PALP, uh, the, 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 the FanDuel payout, uh, people were telling me that was going to be end of days for sports books. If you pay this out, here we are months later and the sports betting world seems to be just doing just fine. So that, that didn't, uh, turn the world on its head. And the Pennsylvania tax rate that Adam mentioned, I do think it's a big deal that everybody kind of got in, but there, we're, we're going to, we have to see the results of it as well. Um, from the standpoint of, you know, we know from Europe where if you, you're taxing operators too high, they're not spending as much on marketing. They're not spending on other things on product they're they're just kind of putting out a product that's maybe not the best and they're not capturing offshore offshore dollars so uh, and people who are betting offshore if you're not if you're not doing the, the best product so it remains to be seen how that Pennsylvania tax rate plays in uh, 2019 and beyond but I think but I do agree those are all huge stories as well and finally hey Eric Ramsey let's do this yeah so I mean I, those are pretty much the big ones I'll give you a couple more maybe not so surprising, but big news uh, that we touched on the four sports leagues all signing uh, some sort of gambling partnership that would have been mostly unthinkable 18 months ago. And within a year, all four of them, uh, you know, signed deals. NBA, maybe not so surprising, but NHL and MLB, those are pretty surprising for them to jump in like they have. Um, the casino landscape, too, has shaken up a lot since uh, since May. We've had, uh, I think, four casinos changed hands in Pennsylvania, including a tribe from Mississippi getting up there. MGM bought a property in New York. Penn's buying a, a casino in Detroit. These are states on the cusp of sports betting. Of course, casinos change hands all the time. But there's, you know, context clues would tell us that a lot of this has to do with the appetite for sports betting in those jurisdictions. Uh, so that made that made my headlines, too. And um yeah, I guess just the volume of of uh, of sports betting programming we're starting to see from media outlets. We have a uh, you know, Vsin is is a network dedicated to sports betting entirely. We've seen some of the major sports networks pick up content, uh, both online and broadcast. So the uh, the conversation amping up in the way it has in the public eye was also eye catching to me this year. I have. So I have three things here that aren't necessarily stories that, that or you know, standalone stories, but just kind of overriding things that I wanted to just bring up because it's stuff we've all talked about uh, on this podcast. One is just 
I guess it was more eye-opening for me this year than it had been because I just paid attention more. This probably is something that you nerds that have listened to all of these, uh, you know, hearings and things and all that before. You know, I, I again, this was all kind of new to me to really start paying attention to all this stuff. But um, how little regulators actually know about the gaming industry was pretty eye-opening and pretty shocking to me. And also lets me know that, you know, the the little things I think that that we can do at our sites, through our podcasts, through videos we're going to be producing, all the different things like that is is actually can play an important role, I think, moving forward in just the education process of a lot of these people. Because, I mean, there were some of the most basic questions in the entire world being asked at these hearings and things where you think that just the very basic knowledge of anything, you wouldn't have to ask these questions. You would already know the answer to these things. You would understand the functionality of the different things. And people don't know the stuff like they and these are guys that are making the decisions as to whether these things are going to pass or not pass or what kind of rates they're going to be passed under and where the money's going to go and all this stuff like that and there is just a such a huge huge gap between even having a basic baseline level knowledge of of how this actually works and to where most of these people are so that was actually a story that really kind of opened my eyes in 2018 and I think will probably only intensify over the course of 2019 because I imagine it will continue to be the same as we you know go into these other states and stuff like that so certainly something that was shocking to me just over the course of of 2018 and before we move on from there like Dustin I know that you know you've been watching these things and going at these things for 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 so long I guess was it as shocking to you it was it just commonplace to you to see it like like it was but I mean like some of the questions being asked about you know just the most entry level things when it comes to how this is all going to work in a person's state. It just seemed it was just mind boggling to me, the lack of knowledge. Yeah, never underestimates people's ability to be underinformed on any subject I've learned over the last four years of doing this. It's uh, you know, we knew this was going to I saw this with, with Daily Fantasy Sports. People were were passing laws with it about it without having any idea of how that worked. So, yeah, color me not shocked that the, that the same thing was happening for sports betting. Um, it's going to be an education process like, you know, people still there's still people out there who think uh, banning it is is the way to go when you and I can go easily on our, on our phones. And computers and, and, and place bets on any number of sites to, for online casino, sports betting, poker, whatever you want to do. So you know the the, the narrative. The, I think the thing that we need to go into 2019 is pushing back against this narrative that if you're if you're not if you're not acting, you're nothing. You're nothing's changing. You're not. You're not. You're, you're at, there's actually a ban on anything. That's that's the part that's the most frustrating for me is that people think that that sports betting is banned in any kind of meaningful way in today's society, and that's just not the case. Yeah, and you kind of actually just touched on my second narrative here of things that that happened was what was so incredibly shocking to me as well were all of these you know media entities or even just personalities in general and and whatnot that would have never touched gaming gambling whatsoever and then PASPA gets repealed and then all of a sudden now it's okay to embrace incite and take money from all of these offshore entities and things that are going on, which was just mind boggling to me. Like it didn't legalize these offshore sites and stuff. So it was just, it was crazy to me again, I guess it's just lack of knowledge or whatever it might be, but you know, uh, we've seen several prominent major, you know, news organizations, sports sites, sports blogs, even personalities, uh, some of the biggest ones in the world. I mean, we saw Matthew Barry like citing things from, 
f- you know, from offshore books and things where never in a million years would he have done that before. And then all of a sudden PASPA gets repealed to make it, to make it to where it can be legalized in the United States. And instead now it like almost op- it opened the door for a lot of these, you know, offshore books and things and, that were going on. So that was another one of the stories of 2018 that was a little bit uh, crazy for me. The, the last was just how far behind I think Nevada can fall if they don't kind of get their act together here. Getting over to New Jersey as often as I was able to this past year and really play on their apps and their websites and different things for sports betting and, you know, having online, actual online gaming over there where you can play the craps and blackjack and slots and different things like that. I believe that if Nevada doesn't kind of get their head out of their ass, that, that they could be looking up here in a couple of years and wonder what, where things went wrong and how they got blown past here. But the apps are infinitely better over in New Jersey with these new gaming companies that are coming in, being a, having the luxury of sitting in your underwear at home and being able to play casino games on the computer and things like that are, um, are all things that it's not going away. It's only going to expand. It's only going to get bigger. And if you continue to deny innovation and, and letting all this stuff kind of happen here that you're, I feel like in a couple of years, they're going to look up and go, how the hell did we let this happen? And it's going to be because you just kind of, you never had any competition until now and you, you rested on your laurels and instead you're, you're getting passed by. And I think that that's a real, real thing for Nevada. If they kind of don't get it together, Adam, I mean, you, you live here uh, with me, I'm sure you kind of can see the same thing, right? I mean, lack of innovation, lack of motivation, whatever it might be. Yeah, no question. I agree with you, Matt, that that's entirely possible. And one thing that could change that quickly is if Nevada will allow mobile sign up. And we know that that's something that is in the works potentially that might go through the gaming control boards for betters to be able to sign up on their phone as opposed to having to physically go to a casino, which you don't have to do in New Jersey. And you obviously can speak to what you've seen in terms of the New Jersey apps. I can speak, you know, only to the Nevada apps because I haven't been uh, playing with them like you and Eric were in New Jersey, but man, oh man, it's just not intuitive. Like you really the have tech to is, work the to tech is mile, what's going on. miles apart in technology between the two, the two States. It's really unbelievable. Like you said, Matt, I think recently the, the, the best Nevada sports betting app is probably the worst in New Jersey right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's the it's that's just that's just the reality. I kind of hope I kind of hope one of these other companies kind of sets up shop in Nevada and it, and it sparks them to have to kind of get things uh, together over there. My last little homer one here. I know we were only supposed to do three, but Louisiana passed DFS. All right. That my, my, my peeps back at home, <laughs> my peeps at home are finally going to be able to set some, some, some lineups and fire it at, at the Millie maker next year. And I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, there's, these are things they've been wanting to do for years and years and years. So, you know, Louisiana a little behind the times when it comes to a lot of things, but at least they, at least they will have DFS. At least they will. I'm happy about that. <laughs> All right, guys, 2019 is here. Let's talk about some of these predictions. This is one of the favorite things that we do on this podcast. We love to get people's uh, over-unders on things and then be able to ridicule them later whenever it doesn't happen. And uh, let's go ahead and start here with some the, the question everybody wants to know. Over-under of number of states that will pass laws in 2019 going toward... Let's, you know what? Let's just include... Let's include online, just online gambling, gaming in some way, shape or form or sports betting. So, I mean, because I know that we are monitoring a couple of states for just for online gaming as well. Um, Eric, let's start with you. Uh, where do you feel like where do you feel like we sit right here? And, and then everyone can just kind of uh, chime in with their thoughts on that. 
states states that will pass a new law in 2019. Yeah. That's enough to qualify for you. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll give you seven and a half as my line. I, I probably like the over. We have remember we have five states that already have some form of law on the books. D.C. and Arkansas won't need another law, so they're they're already uh, set. Um, I think we'll have New York, Connecticut, and Michigan maybe pass something. Uh, maybe Illinois. There's five more states that have bills pre-filed. Yeah, I think I, I'm seeing about maybe 15 or 17 states that have some sort of legislative ambition or progress towards 2019. I figure maybe half of them will uh, will will legalize it. So let's go. I'll, I'll say seven and a half is my number. All right, Dustin, he lays seven and a half. What do you consider to be the heavy favorites? The heavy favorites. Uh, let's see. I'm, I've I've actually listed who I think the heavy favorites are. Uh, I, I think there's ten states where where there's a very good chance of them passing sports betting or actually or just going forward with with uh, sports betting if, with existing law. I, I I always harp on Oregon because I'm here. They are they have had sports betting in the past. The lottery I know is already actively looking at it. I think they're one. I think New York is going to uh, include it in the budget. I think I I would say they're you know way better than a coin flip probably a pretty haver favorite to actually move forward this year so those are the two then we have michigan uh they passed that online casino bill they that was to set the stage for sports betting as well i i would be i would be kind of shocked if michigan doesn't do something and then we have a bunch uh you know i think who there's been a lot of chatter where uh, there's there's been there's bills already pre-filed. They talked about it last year. I, I think Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, and Ohio are places where there's just been a lot of chatter. And you know some 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 of that list are going to pass the sports betting law. So you know I, I I think that seven and a half number is is pretty good. Uh, just because I'm pessimistic and I know that lawmakers can be dumb, I, I I would probably bet the under because there's a multitude of ways for things to get messed up. But um, oh yeah, and Connecticut. It, which is also another one where I think it's it's pretty likely. So out of that pool of states, I think we're going to see a majority of them pass something. Adam, as we look at this, what do you think is is the key here? Do you think the do you think the key to everything is basically New York? Because if New York were to go, it's kind of like I mean, what we did see with the DFS anyway on the DFS side of things was once New York kind of got things going. Then everybody else fell in line. Everyone looks at New York, obviously a huge state, you know, powerful people, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel like if something were to move in New York that that would kind of really spark a lot of these other states in, in moving? You know, I think everything in the in the northeastern corridor is going to spark it. Like if you're a casino, if you're a state with casinos, which most of the the northeastern and mid Atlantic states are, and if you don't have sports betting, you're like like you're. I think you're playing from behind right now. Pennsylvania, you know, we, we just talked about like a quarter of the or a third of the casinos are now going to have sports books in the, uh, right almost right now. Um, you know, other states up the, up in the northeast, like. I think it just I think it does create a trigger where if you have casinos, you need to have sports betting at that point. I, I think that's a real pressure. And like Maryland's another example of that where they need a constitutional amendment, but they need that. Like I think Pennsylvania was a pretty big one. I don't like I think Pennsylvania helped like move the needle in Michigan. It, it should help move the needle in New York eventually for for online poker and other things. But, yeah, I think New York, it's a big it's a big state. And people say, OK, if New York thinks this is important to do, I, I think that does move the needle. Uh, Pennsylvania is a state where like everything under the sun gambling wise is not legal it actually make the state actually makes more money from uh, gambling than i think uh, that even nevada because of because of the high tax rates on on everything there so so i think people like maybe kind of said oh pennsylvania it's its own thing but i think new york if they move forward i think that's going to be a real a real signal to everyone else that yeah we should be doing this and 
an excellent, excellent article over at Legal Sports Report, written by our very own Eric Ramsey. If you want to see his thoughts on all of the states that could get something done here, uh, please visit the site over there and read that article. Very well done by by Eric. Uh, you only get about a couple of those very well done pieces by him a year, so you should certainly take advantage of, uh, of this one. Uh, Adam, let's go to you here. Um, DraftKings and FanDuel, we mentioned in we're kind of our review of 2018 that they really took this industry by storm. Do you believe that it's kind of it, they're the guys to beat here. I mean, I, of course, we just mentioned Caesar signs a deal with with the NFL. You've got MGM that's signed a ton of deals with you know different leagues. You've got William Hill that has kind of positioned themselves with partnerships all over the place. But do you still think this is kind of DraftKings and FanDuel's world, and everyone else is is aspiring to to catch up to those guys? I'm going to jump back for just a second and say, give me all the under on seven and a half wow. uh, for for Eric because. As Dustin said, legislators and their lack of education, as you mentioned, Matt, can often lead to outcomes you didn't expect. And I think there are as many states as look good. I think there are just as many things that could ultimately go wrong. So I'll take the under there. Going back to DraftKings and FanDuel, there are two questions. One is how many states are willing to go mobile? or states that have mobile are willing to go online because that's where the real advantage is for DraftKings and FanDuel in that their technology is light years ahead of what most of the other casinos are doing. So I think that that's a big key. I think the other thing when it comes to DraftKings is market access. They, they don't have the deals in place in as many places as the other casinos do, especially you know MGM obviously was poised in the first place, and then having the reciprocity with Boyd is going to make that a lot easier for them. I think FanDuel and Boyd sets up a, a good situation for FanDuel. I think the only thing that slows down DraftKings from total world domination is having that market access that really isn't quite there yet. It, it probably will happen. I think that's one of the big stories to watch in 2019. But ultimately, in a world where two-thirds of New Jersey bets in November were placed on mobile, that is the future, and DraftKings and FanDuel are poised to dominate that future as long as they have the access and as long as mobile is approved in more places. Now, Brett, one of the things you and I follow a ton with these different operators is just, you know, trying new things, innovation. Uh, you know, we certainly are seeing a lot of that from DraftKings and FanDuel, of course. DraftKings tried the pools betting thing. They're going to have the sports betting world championship here in a couple of weeks where you and I will be at. I do believe, like, do, do you feel that in 2019 we're going to see some of these guys that have been more traditional, your Caesars, your MGMs of the world, even your William Hills, kind of venture outside of the box here and try and do some of these things that we've seen? Of course, at FanDuel and DraftKings, you can bet on fantasy production for, for, for players and, and things like that. So there's just all these offerings we're not seeing at these other books and, and, you know, look, FanDuel and DraftKings are doing very, very well. I, you would think that if you take a step back and you look and you say, well, they're doing all these interesting things. And with that, they're having success. Maybe we should as well. Do you think we see an MGM, a Caesars, a, a William Hill, uh, whoever it might be kind of, you know, not be what they've been for the last 30 years? I don't know. I would, I would certainly hope so for their sake. And I think these other operators have a lot of work to do if they want to keep up with these two upstarts. You know, the FanDuel and DraftKings apps are best in market. They offer the uh, betting min betting minimums that, that cater to new bettors. I think that's hugely important. 
Actually, that's so, a very good that's a very good point that we we didn't bring up. And that was actually a, a point. Uh, one of the things we talked about on this podcast was just the barrier to entry uh, to those places is, is is far lower than other places as well. I think we said the at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time, minimum deposit was five dollars. Minimum bet was a dime. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just uh, the, the barrier to entry for a new better also is, is just much lower. Yeah. And for me, contests, I, I, that is where I would probably spend most of my uh, bankroll betting is, is just on these peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer contests that uh, are less intimidating for a new better, I think, than, than you know betting against the book every week. So I hope that we do see uh, some of these sports books follow in, in what DraftKings especially uh, is doing in New Jersey right now. All right, Dustin, who would be the biggest threat to DraftKings and FanDuel? Like, who do you think in – and I understand 2019 might not be the, you know, the crazy busiest year. We're probably all, you know, looking more at 2020 when things could really uh, start to shake up here. But who, who do you who do you think is kind of like the biggest competitor to them? Well, I mean, in the, on a longer tail, MGM has this, this joint venture with GBC to create something new and better. Like, like, like we've talked, the MGM sports betting app in both Nevada and New Jersey is is not the best. Um, but they, if they actually get there, if this. this this joint venture is actually coming together and creating a good piece of technology. Uh, MGM can really activate its database in a real way. Then, then I think they're, then they have something. I think that's the one. And, you know, in addition to all these, all these deals that they're doing everywhere with teams and, and, and the leagues, uh, but, uh, you know, 2019 approximately though, I think DraftKings and Vandal are, are still one, two, uh, in some, in some way, shape or form. The only States where we're going to see new online betting in a meaningful way just this year are West Virginia and Pennsylvania, West Virginia. I can tell you, DraftKings is going to be number one. I would be I would be shocked if they're not based on the returns in New Jersey. Like they're going to be in the market. They're going to have a, a, an app. Their app is uh, much better than the one we discussed already uh, from from Yomni as far as usability. And they have that database of, of existing DFS players, uh, which has pro- obviously proven to be pretty valuable. So they're going to be number one in West Virginia. West Pennsylvania, a little bit of a different question. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a, a limit on how how sports betting can be deployed for branding. So I think there, there's I'm a little bit more bearish on what they'll do in Pennsylvania, though they will be in Pennsylvania this year. I'm I'm certain of. But um, you know, I think draft for the for the short term, DraftKings and Vandal are are going to be numbers one and two in, in in maybe not necessarily in that order, but they will be number one and two. And Eric, we don't want to ignore our original love here the way that we all basically met here outside of uh the candy man was it through through some way shape or form in the poker industry what is the kind of the outlook on poker for 2019 yeah it's i mean the, fortunately the sports betting is driving some of the conversation we've seen that in michigan and in uh illinois where you know casino and online gambling expansion is getting tied into sports betting too still a pretty limited appetite even even new york where it's been simmering on the back burner for a while it's just prospects just aren't great i i say it's good we have sports betting driving the conversation but some of the some of the it has taken some of the focus from online gambling actually we're seeing that in new york where the leading sponsor in the assembly has sort of said he's going to prioritize sports betting over online gambling so i think the best chance for 2019 is a couple of states uh doing the sort of omnibus pennsylvania thing and legalizing a bunch of uh of gambling expansion at once but appetite for for dedicated poker and casino expansion is still pretty limited and Brett, over at the lines, we had, you know, one of our writers chops put out a bold predictions piece. Can you kind of run us down that just a little bit and we can get anyone can give commentary on any of the points as they see fit? 
Yeah, Chops offered his his 10 bold predictions for 2019 this week in the sports betting world. He did set a total on the number of states that will legalize sports betting this year. His number was nine. So a little aggressive. Uh, he would have taken the over. Yeah, the over on Eric seven he, and a half. He, yeah. he probably would have smashed the over. Yeah. yeah. He also offered some prediction on uh, predictions on the NCAA uh, on esports. Definitely check that article out if you haven't already. His number one bold call, though was that New Jersey will pass Nevada in sports betting handle by the end of the year. And I especially wanted to hear Adam's take on this because he follows the revenue numbers closely in both spades, particularly in Nevada, uh, very closely. So uh, what odds, Adam, would you give for New Jersey to eclipse Nevada in handle by the end of this year? Uh, You're going to have to also tell me how quickly New York comes online because we know New York is a favorite to get something done. And we know that a large, large portion of what's happening in New Jersey is folks coming over from New York. So uh, with NFL season wrapping up and the big handle days kind of coming to an end for a little bit after Super Bowl, I would say that's an underdog for now. Uh, It's not a crazy prediction, but I'm going to go underdog on New Jersey passing Nevada this year. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think- one of the things we saw, right, is just that it, it, it seemed like the, the end was near or something for, for Nevada, but that it, at the end of the day, it still kind of reigned supreme. Yeah, I'm still in on Nevada having its crown for 2019, but, and a big but, you said it, Matt, the innovation and the recognition of the threat is what Nevada has to adjust to. And historically, Vegas has been great at that. But, you know, it still has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that whenever you kind of look at it, uh, Brett, I mean, I, I'm certainly no expert and certainly don't follow it as close as, as Adam does. But I think really, you know, the, the real threat to Nevada, I think, becomes if anything ever happens in California. I mean, that is just, you know, so, so many people come over every single weekend into Nevada um, from California. And if anything were to happen there, then then there would be a real, real threat to, to the numbers and the handle and uh, all the things that are going on. But uh, Dustin, it seems seems like basically nothing is ever going to happen in California. Right. I mean, like they just want to break off and become their own country and, and not really worry <laughs> with, with us and everything. Yeah, we ran, we ran a story at LSR uh, recently about like it, a lot of the same problems that have happened with online poker are going to plague sports betting. You have too many stakeholders uh, trying to get a piece of the pie and, and want to be want to have an advantage over the others. The, the tribes uh, are, have been, you know, while tribes across the country are, are, are starting to look at sports betting opportunity. You know, we saw in Michigan, they actually cut a deal where, where the, the gaming tribes were happy. I think the, the California tribes are, are not quite as progressive other than the, the very largest one there. So I, you know, California is not going to happen this year. I don't think it, it's not, it's not impossible for it to happen in the near future, but um, yeah, I would, I, 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 and I think on the, on the handle question, I, you know, I thought there was a possibility New Jersey would pass this year just because of how much easier it is to sign up online. Uh, and, you know, it's part of it's still education. You know, we, we're, we're in the weeds on this and we're like, Oh, sports betting exciting. Like people are still just learning that there are, there are legal options out there that this, this is like, we went from, from nothing to, you know, $330 million in handle, which is, which is, you know, if you, if you step back and look at it, that's kind of amazing that they just, they created this market that quickly. It also speaks to the, to the opportunity. Like that's, that's certainly not the end of it. Uh, but I think, I, I, I guess I would say, I think there could be so at some, maybe not every month, but I think there might be a month next year where New Jersey surpasses Nevada. 
There it is. You heard it here. What a way to close out the podcast. Uh, guys, the first year of this pod has been super incredibly fun. I mean, we learned stuff along the way, kind of how to format things and how to go about it. And I think 2019 is going to be even better here. Really appreciate each of you guys joining me, you know, when you have the chance each and every week here on this podcast. And we will be cycling in more and more people in 2019. So please keep an eye out for that. Again, we beg you each and every week to rate and review and subscribe on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And you will want to do that. We're going to have big interviews in 2019. And of course, we're going to get even more of our experts that we have in the family of our websites uh, involved here on the podcast as well. Uh, and so certainly want to be on top of that. And, and we appreciate you guys listening. And I appreciate you guys being here and look forward to 2019. So for Adam, for Brett, for Dustin and for Eric, I am Matt. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Yeah.